nothing but against the party. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you back to Sling in the Biscuit, the new Sling in the Biscuit podcast. This is going to be episode 15. Dave Wheeler, the one-eyed bastard, the good-looking devil bastard, is off this week. He's on holidays. Well, he's getting married. One of his friend, well, one of his friends is getting married. Dave's married to a Playboy bunny. In to replace him, the pinch hit in the third inning. Good friend of mine, all the way from Buffalo, New York, Rob Lalonde from Buffalo, New York, former retired pro hockey player. How are you? What's going on, Trav? I missed you, man. It's the same to you, man. It's good to be here in person, doing this in person, first time. Well, it's nice to not be able to do it on Zoom, on Skype and everything, and have all the, the Wi-Fi issues that we have, and actually be in person in your hotel room. For those, if you're on the video podcast or if you're listening in the car, Rob and I came up on the, the hotel elevator with this one lady, and when I was asking where his hotel room was, she was kind of giving some weird looks, like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're filming a video, and yeah. then from there, it was all downhill. <laughs> so, Filming a video in the hotel room on the road, but uh, yeah, that's what we're doing, man. Here we go. Lighting's good. Lights, camera, action. We're ready to go. Here, outside the Detroit area in Fraser, Michigan, home of the Motor City Rockers, where I play. And it's been fun to have you here. I haven't seen you in three years. Almost, almost three years. Rob's been giving me a hard time all week. He's like, oh, it's two and a half years. We're almost three years for that reason that I don't know why. We haven't been able to see each other, but you're here. And you've been here for the last couple of days. Just had a fantastic lunch today. Go away skate this morning. Games over the weekend. Then you were at the practice last week, hooking up the boys with grips, with the new pit bull grips, the new butt ends grips, all that stuff. It's been a fun couple of days. Yeah, dude, we've been planning this for a couple years now, man, and uh, it was super cool to get up here with the boys. Uh, had demo day last week, Thursday. Uh, had an awesome time. Had, you had me in the locker room. Uh, couldn't have been happier. More exciting to be in there doing that, uh, hanging out with the Motor City Rockers in the Fed Zeno. Uh, the boys are super cool, man, and uh, we got you know maybe half the team dialed in, something like that with grips, and then I uh, got to see the boys take the, uh, the big sweep over the weekend against the Port Huron team. And uh, it was fun to watch a bunch of you guys, a bunch of your teammates using butt ends in the game. And uh, it was awesome, man. It's fun to be here hanging out with you and your team in the locker room. And uh, uh, it's like it's, uh, it's just like old times being back in the room with the boys. So I, I was thinking that the other day, like when you walked in, it felt like when, when you came into Arbor all those years, almost, isn't it crazy? That's almost five, six years ago yeah. in Arbor when you came on the Junior B road trip up to the Parma, Manitoba. You watched the kids out in the upper deck throw sunflower seeds and chew spit at me. You oh, saw yeah. that when I got pumped for... Dude, that was legendary, bro. I took the bus with the guys up on the on the, on the the road trip. How long was the bus ride? I forget. It was a couple hours. Yeah, it was like eight hours. Was it seven hours from Winnipeg. Seven hour bus ride? No, sorry. We, we came from Arburg. So Arburg to the Paw, I think it was about six and a half, seven-ish. Yeah, that was super fun, man. Up into the Paw, seeing you play juniors. And now we're here doing the same thing. Uh, we took a little road trip together up to uh, Port Huron for... Uh, your pro North American debut, and congratulations again, too. You got your first North American pro win a couple weeks ago. Uh, super excited to see that, man. I was Obviously, I'm following the vlog like everybody here, and uh, got to see you know you take the win against former uh, last year's defending champions coming in uh, in relief. Uh, that's a big win for the boys, man. It was a fun video to watch, too. I mean, it almost came full circle. Like When, when you came to Arbor all those years, going to Paw, road trip, game on the road, I think that was one of my first wins in Junior B that season. And then to here, you fast forward almost five, six years, same thing, on the road, first now pro win, not junior B win. And instead of having kids throwing sunflower seeds and pennies at me, there's people giving me the bird and saying nasty things to me between the glass whenever I go to a skate to the corner. So it's all come uh, kind of full circle here. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm, I was it was fun for me. I was at the game on Friday at the home game. And, you know, I talked to a bunch of people in the stands before the game. I was there early. I was working the camera, setting up the camera for you, doing some B-roll behind the scenes uh, with the Trav camera vlog. And some people came up to me and they're like, hey, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, it's Rob. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen you on Trav's vlog. 
So you got a bunch of people in the stands there at the games uh, there to see you play and be a part of this team. Uh, so that's really exciting, man. Exciting to be here, you know, doing that with you here. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of a lot of fun to be around the action. And think about that too. That's like so many years in between the last time. Like in all reality, you haven't been on the vlog since February, March of 2020. Fast forward, we're almost 2023, and people still remember you. And all the stuff that we've, we've posted together. And when, uh, so for, for those that are maybe listening to the vlog or to the podcast, and there's a new vlog that just went up, I guess, about an hour ago, maybe a couple minutes ago, for uh, this week's you know, Life in the Fed, I was going back to reference clips of, you know, Rob and I on road trips when we went to Florida, to Minnesota, like all the adventures we had over the years, because Rob and I met for the first time in 2016, 2017. It might have been kind of around that New Year's mark. But like some of the clips, just how, how young we both look and how long it's been since I've seen you. And I'm looking at these clips. I'm like, has it been three years? It doesn't feel like it's been three years, but it has been. No, I know, man. It's, it's crazy that that was the last trip. Uh, the last trip we had together was epic, too. Uh, Trav and I did a sick roadie from like we started off. Where did we start that trip? Well, I went Winnipeg to Toronto, Toronto, Montreal, Montreal, back to Toronto. I flew down to Florida. You picked me up in West Palm. And oh, then yeah. we made our way back. And then we drove from West Palm uh, all the way up to Michigan or to Minnesota for a Let's Play Hockey. Well, and we stopped along the way. We went Minnesota. We stopped in Atlanta for the Pit Boss Barbecue, the best ribs I've still ever had in my life. Three years later, I still remember. Fantastic. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then we stopped in Nashville, Tennessee, where you totaled your Audi. We got a, a rental. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. Trav had the vlog going. He had the, I remember, dude, that guy was crazy. Guy runs a red light, takes out the front end of my truck. Literally, the truck explodes. Trav, without even missing a beat, gets the drone up in the air. He's flying the drone. The, the, finally, the cops, the cops come, the ambulance come. Everybody, you know, it was a crazy scene. But Trav's got the vlog going. I'm like, this is great. Trav's documenting everything. I'm like, Trav, make sure you get this, man. All the people were saying, oh yeah, that guy just ran the red light, and crushed into you guys. But anyways, man, I'm glad nobody was hurting that. But man, that was that was crazy. Yeah, from the second the airbag came out and, and hit me in the face, the first thing I, I remember that, like, because I remember you were going, you know, straight, and the guy was coming, and I remember seeing him thinking, uh oh. And the second he hit you, the airbag popped off, and immediately it was like, I need a camera. Let's go. Yeah, like there's a vlog to be made, and then documented the whole thing before you even got out of the car and were asking for the guys, you know, insurance. The drone was already in the air. I was documenting the crime scene, and we had a a good vlog in uh, Nashville, just outside of Nashville, downtown yeah. Nashville, all those years ago. Yeah, and then we didn't miss a beat though. Jumped in a rental car, and boom, we were up in Minnesota for Let's Play Hockey, doing our thing. And uh, I didn't, I mean, we didn't even think, man, everything. The world was kind of going crazy at that point. It was just uh, about to. It was just about. Well, to. People were talking about it. You know, things were things were starting to like. You know, you could feel the, the energy where it was going. And then, but, you know, I never thought it would be, what, three years after that. And then we haven't seen each other since then. So it's super cool to get to, uh, you know, hug it out with you. We saw, I saw you at Starbucks Saturday, first, first meeting, uh, hugging it out. Like, you know, now we're back hanging out and, uh, and doing this in person. It's great. You know what's weird is uh, so my girl right now, shout out to her. Uh, so we're talking about like going to see each other at Christmas time. I'm not going to be able to see her for, you know, two, two and a half, almost three months. And then I get to see her. And you and I making eye contact, seeing each other at Starbucks the other day was that moment of, He's not on my phone. It's not a FaceTime. I'm not watching a TikTok with Rob. Like Rob is like live in the flesh, like right here. It was it was so weird to see you, but then it was good to hug you out and you know, we had coffee and it's, it's been yeah. fun. It's been a fun week. And then yeah, right into the right into the big demo with the boys and uh, man, that was super sick, man. You were telling me you were giving me stories and I'm hearing stuff from the vlog about the Motor City Rockers first year in the league and you know to get to go in there and and doing that you know for me it's exciting man getting to go in there and show pro players you know the product the butt ends grips plus we got the new blade grip I was really pumped and the boys welcomed me into the room with open arms you got the ping pong table in the dressing room I plopped down all the stuff on the on the ping pong table and uh, you know Trav you were doing your thing and all the boys were coming over and uh, it was awesome to be in the locker room with you guys and then to get to be you know a part of your practice and uh, to go to see the games and just to be around the action was a lot of good 
energy, man. So it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, that was the first time I've seen the ping pong table out of commission for more than an hour. Oh yeah. In the last month, that ping the boys pong boys are usually playing. Always, always. There's always two guys. They got lineups. They got tournaments. It is never out of commission. So the fact that you were able to shut the ping pong table down for an hour and a half plus <laughs> to get everybody dialed in and nobody played ping pong, nobody said a word. Was incredible. It kind of speaks to just how excited the guys were. And when I mentioned last week that hey, Rob's coming, Rob's Rob's going to take care of everybody. They were so excited. I think too when, when you like you played in the minors, like going from the American League East Coast and back. But when you 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 know back even further to the to the Fed Zeno, when like you tell guys like hey, somebody's coming in that cares about us and is going to take care of us and dial us in. Like they get excited because that doesn't really happen very often. Like I, I know like you and I are in unique situations, yeah. but. It, it's yeah 100 percent, man and i remember too when i played man like back in the day it, it was always exciting especially i remember coming up you know even playing junior hockey when you first started getting stuff from reps you know what i mean when you first got your first taste of like free gear you know what i mean or when somebody was gonna you know you get to try the latest and greatest stuff it was an exciting experience and uh it's fun for me because like i have i'm really lucky and i get the opportunity to work with like nhl teams and nhl players and those guys it's don't get me wrong it's super sick to be around them at that level but they're used to it you know what i mean they're used to everybody wanting to, to get to them and access to them but when i have the opportunity to go and do demos for example like with your team or you know other teams in the minors or you know even younger teams junior teams uh, you know, you can, I get a lot of guys that come up to me, Hey, thanks a lot for coming in. Really means a lot that you took your time and like came into the room and spent time with us here. And I think, you know, I played at that level. I played in the East Coast League and we didn't have guys coming in, you know, reps coming into the room and offering us stuff. So I definitely know that there's that feeling there. So yeah, it was a lot of fun for me to do that and to meet a bunch of your teammates and, you know, to get to feel like I was a part of the team for the weekend. It was great, man. I mean, like from, from my perspective, like I'd never, I didn't have like that kind of experience, like where like reps were coming and giving everything for free and like wanted to hook you up. I mean, obviously, like I was never drafted and all all that kind of stuff. We talk about yeah. on the podcast regularly, but uh, just like, like when anybody you know cares to come in, like even I know like you know being honest, like I haven't I haven't paid for a button script in years. But the fact that like when you come in and you dial my stick in, even though it's the same thing that I've been having for years, it's just a nice feeling of like like you care and it's awesome. Like for like just like next week alone, uh, like the team at Warrior, they just launched a brand new. Uh, M2i bowl stick brand new yeah, yeah. like it just dropped today and Kirk the Warrior rep he texts me he's like hey you seen the new stick I'm like no I haven't and he, you know, we're talking about it he's like I'll, I'll come by next week I'll get you I'll get you dialed in brand new stick so like that kind of stuff so you're getting the treatment next week from Warrior huh I am and I'm looking forward That's to sick, it and man. Kirk and I are kind of the same boat as, as you and I I haven't seen Kirk in you know three plus years probably closer to four and even though like he is coming in you know hook me up with a stick it's just nice to like see old faces that you haven't seen in a while and just just kind of reconnect. It's nice, especially like at, at this level where I'm kind of close to everybody in the Detroit area where I suppose to where I'm in Sweden where nobody could really come in for reasons that we can't talk about on YouTube these days. It's fun to have that opportunity to get to go into the rooms and, you know, show your product off and, and talk to all the guys. And it's a different interaction with each player. And, you know, everybody's got their own idiosyncrasies. And, uh, yeah, man, it made me feel, you know, like I'm one of the boys. It's fun. And speaking of the boys, the team at Sheath Thunder want to take care of your boys. Sheath Underwear. As our presenting sponsor for the podcast every single week. If you're on the YouTube video version, you'll see I have the sheath shirt on here. I'll be honest, man. I've never used them before. Obviously, now that Trav's using them and I'm working with Trav on the pod and he's my boy, Trav hooked me up, sent me a couple pairs of sheath underwear in the mail, and i got to be honest with you, like, it's the best underwear I've ever worn. Uh, it's, it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick gear, man. Good style, good logo. It doesn't overdo, they don't overdo it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really nice. Yeah, and one of the things that we talked about, too, is when you compare it to the competitors who, in all reality, like, it's a very competitive market, shall we say. The pricing on Sheath, Sheath is cheaper than the competition. They're more comfortable. And also, they're backed by a U.S. Marine. Robert spent years in Iraq and Afghanistan. 
He couldn't change his underwear, and he said, you know what? I need something that's going to keep my boys from sticking to the side of my leg. If you know what I'm saying, your biscuit and your twigs stick to the side of your leg. You get pissed off. You're like Austin Matthews in Phoenix, Arizona. You get Rob Lalonde, Rob from Buttons, coming to ask you, hey, man, you want to try Buttons Grip? And his balls are stuck to the side of the leg, and he says, no, I don't want to try any of your stuff because he's pissed off. But if you have a pair of sheath underwear, you're happy, you're cool, you have the dual pouch, which separates everything, as you see on the video version of the podcast right now. If you're on the audio version, I'll describe it to you. It is a pouch that separates and segregates everything so it can breathe, and you're comfortable, there's no sweat, not sticking to the side of your leg, and everybody's happy. And you do that, you can pick that up. <laughs> everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. I wanted to see how you were going to describe that. I was like, oh, you're going to describe it, okay. Well, my lady is very happy. Well, last time I saw her, almost you know, two months ago, a month and a half ago, she was very happy when she saw me in sheath underwear, and it was because... You can pick it up at the Sheath Underwear website. You go to sheathunderwear.com. Use the promo code BISCUIT69, B-I-Z-K-I-T-69, for 20% off. And to the ladies out there, because we have a 7% female following on this podcast, believe it or not. Wow. Believe it or not. I thought it was zero. Oh, it's 7%. My lady, God bless her soul, she has the new sheath bralette. She said it's very comfortable. It's great um, comfort around the waist. It's a great bra for having, if you're sitting around the couch, if you're sitting around at home, maybe not necessarily taking to the gym. But going out and about, it's fantastic. And she said, I asked her, I said, would you pay me $20 right now if I asked you for 20 bucks? She says, absolutely, I would. There you go. Well, that's, you that's the ultimate review right there. Let's say. And speaking of reviews, anyway, back to the, the podcast program. And all the guys are really excited to see you this week. But one of the things that stuck out in my mind, Rob and I are both functioning coffee junkies. We don't drink. We don't, you know, drugs, any of that kind of stuff. Very clean, boring lives, shall we say. It's kind of tough on road trips when the boys are trying to, you know, hey, Trav, you want to come have some fun? Sorry, guys. I'm, I don't. But anyway. So coffee functioning junkies. Rob says we got to go to a coffee shop. We got to get our coffee fixed in for the, for the day. And he says I found the spot. It's like the top rated coffee spot in all of Detroit. It's it's the place to. I said okay, let's go. Let's go check it out. We go in. We walk in, and not a word of a lie. There is a lady at the front, you know, till, with no bra on, no shirt on. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it, man. It, the best description I could give to you, and and this was a legal establishment, was a strip club, like an extreme strip club that serves coffee. Yeah, it was literally like, well, let, let, let me back it up for a second here. So, Trav wants to meet up at Starbucks. And, uh, you know, as an aficionado myself, like, I'm not a big Starbucks fan. Like, I appreciate Starbucks. It's cool when you have nothing else and there's a Starbucks and you can get yourself a coffee or whatever. But, like, I'm always trying to look for, like, a local, you know, wherever I travel to. Like, the local bean or, like, the local establishment that's going to do a nice espresso. You know, I like to take pride in my espresso. So, at, Trav takes me to Starbucks, and I'm like, ah, man, let's find a local place. Let's, let's bag Starbucks, and let's go find something around here that's local. So, we went to, like, two different places. No, nothing was open for some reason. Like, we couldn't really find anything. So, I'm on Yelp looking for coffee, and I saw, ooh, I forget what it was even called. Do you remember what it was called? The hotspot coffee, yeah, yeah. So that popped up, and I clicked on the menu or something to see. I'm like, let's see what this is about. You can tell a lot by their menu. And the first picture is, like, two women in, like, scant clothing. I'm like, this is weird. I mean, like, I guess, like, let's just check it out. So we roll in there. Well, when you showed me that, I thought it was mistaken. I know. I was like, what is this? I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, all right, hotspot coffee. We'll go check it out. And we, we walk in there, and, like, it was literally, like, like, what? Let's take a quick break. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions, and we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in, and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Now, God bless this lady. She was nice. We had a nice conversation. But I, I told uh, Victoria about that. And she asked kind of like if it was like Hooters. And I said, no, no, no. Hooters is like way classier than this. Like Hooters, they wear clothes. Here, it was like they had like the like the Band-Aid thing like you put on, on like your boob kind of thing. Yeah. So like you could not wear a bra, but like still like wear a bra. And then like fishnet skirts. And then the lady's like, what can I get for you? And I was like, uh, can I get a pumpkin spice latte with oat milk? Please. Yeah. Whipped cream? Like, what is going on in here, man? This is crazy. I was surprised. I've never seen anything like it. And she and she made the coffee. Rob didn't like the coffee. wasn't a fan. I thought my pumpkin no, spice latte. I wasn't a fan at all. My pumpkin spice latte was good, but I'm also like hooked on that stuff. So a little bit different cup of tea for both of us. We sit down. We're enjoying ourselves. And this one gentleman walks in, and he had an even more extreme reaction than us. I guess he'd never pop by. He pops in. He's like, oh, my God. And he orders his coffee. And what was the first thing he said to us? Uh, he was just like, yeah, boys, what do you think of that? He was just like, what? I'm like, yeah. So crazy, crazy, crazy place. And then you look on the Instagram page. They have like 15,000, 20,000 followers and nothing about coffee. The, I looked. There's zero posts about coffee. Just the ladies that are serving there and their outfit choices of the day. They even have a, a segment on their Instagram page called Topless Tuesdays. They do? Topless Tuesdays? They did. They did. A little like sub-bracket. I mean, yeah. They definitely, uh, their coffee game was a little... I was a little disappointed in the coffee game, but I mean, I got to give them credit for their uh, their marketing. I mean, it was kind of an interesting experience. If the coffee was was unbelievable, I mean, it would be a home run. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Depending, even if the girls are naked, if their coffee's no good, like for me at this point, I'd rather have good espresso than like you know whatever all that. But well, here's uh, the thing: we we talked about exactly this. And when we were talking to the lady up at the front, we asked how long you guys have been in business because I thought in my head, this has to be something new. Like, there's no way this has, like, been an established business for a while. And she says, well, we opened in, you know, 2006. We went bankrupt in 20, 2009 or 2010. And the current owner... fix this. Ladies, take your clothes off. <laughs> we're still going to do coffee, though. The coffee was not the problem. It was the servers. And they reopened in 2010. This is what the lady told us uh, at, the, uh, at the coffee shop. If you want to check it out, check it out. Hotspot Coffee <coughs> on uh, Instagram. Check them out. And this is the place. No word about This is exactly where we went. They went bankrupt in 2010, and then they reopened, and then boom. This has been booming. They're, I think, the top-rated coffee spot in the Detroit area for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can see why that they're still thriving now. Like, with a, But their clientele being mostly mostly dudes coming in there. But, yeah, like, uh, not not a, guys, I'm not a big fan. Got to gotta step up your espresso game a little bit if you want to get my, my uh, dollars in the future. So now Speaking of making it through, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was – so we talked about it earlier, we talked about in the early episodes we've done, that you played in the East Coast for many years with the Reading Royals, tough gun, nail gun defenseman. Yeah, four, four years. Four years in the cheese sauce. In the American League for a little bit with Toronto Marlies with James Reimer, our, our, our boy. Oh, yeah. uh, you've gotten the taste of the Fed Zeno to kind of see. And I'm curious what your impression was, your first impression going from... You know, in your neck of the woods where it was like, ooh, the cheese toast is greasy to like, you see like two steps below to the Fed Zeno. What do you think? What was your I favorite? mean, yeah, so good. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I played my most of my pro hockey. Most of my pro games are in the East Coast League. I played, a you know, a couple cups of coffee in the American League with a few different teams. Um, and that was a different experience altogether. And, uh, you know, I remember kind of the feeling of when I was in the East Coast, you'd hear thoughts of, you know, guys playing in the in the, uh, in the the Fed and uh, what's the other league? The, the SP. The SP, yeah. I don't know. How, yeah, so like, and you just, you know, it was not a place you wanted to go, let's just say, if you were in the East Coast. Like, you didn't want to end up down in the SP. But, you know, 
I wasn't really quite sure what the level, the caliber was going to be when I got here this, you know, this week. But uh, I was impressed with the skill and the speed. To be honest with you, it was a lot faster than than in my head I had envisioned. Um, and uh, I think it's a pretty good product. To be honest with you, um, I thought there was going to be a bit more fighting. I thought you know the name, the, the league is named after you know the Federal League uh, from Slapshot. Uh, Trav and I were joking, and he's already showed me some of the games we've had. You know, a lot of fights and a lot of uh, a lot of brawls. I think a lot of it had to do with the team that you played. Uh, I don't think the Port Huron team, you know, had a lot of jam. I thought your team had some had a lot of character guys, and uh, you know, you stuck up for each other and and stuff like that. But the game, the, you know, you guys ran them out of the building both games pretty much. Outplayed them. Uh, Big sexy had a nice fight in the in the second game on Saturday. Uh, greasy hit by the defenseman from Port Huron. Pretty pretty dirty hit led to a led to a scrap, which was. Which was good to see. Good to see uh, your boy Big Sexy sticking up for his teammates. Um, overall, it was I thought a really good product, uh, really good pace. And like honestly, when you get to that level, the difference between a Fed player, an SP player, and a, and a Coast, and like an I mean, those guys are all really good players. You know, like at, at any given day, a guy from the Fed can step in and play in the Coast or play in the American League, and you know, fill in. It's like just a little tiny intangibles that separate those levels. Um, you know, so you see, you know. You see a good product on the ice, and uh, I think the fans, they seem to enjoy it, too. You got a good crowd at the home game, and, and also, too, almost in Port Huron. Almost 1,000 people. Almost 1,000. Yeah, for, it's pretty good. Almost 1,000 people, though, for the game that you saw. I got the, the confirmation today. Just under 1,000, yeah. and then just under 1,000 for the home opener. So that's back-to-back games, almost 1,000 people. I know we have a bigger rink, so it may not seem as full, but like 1,000 people is kind of crazy for a, for a Fed game. And I think, too, we talked about this at lunch today, was that like when I signed in Columbus in the Fed three years ago, I was under the impression that the Fed was a men's league. We get paid 125 a week, and you just kind of exist. Like in, in at that time, great for making YouTube videos. Made a couple of bucks to kind of stay afloat, so I'm not like scraping by like I was previously. And then I get to Columbus, and these guys are just running my show. They're bending me over, no spit, no lube, sandpaper finish. Yikes! As well, they were lighting you up. Oh, it was terrible. I had a horrible. Well, you, man, you've ta- you've made a lot of improvements in your game at the from three years ago. Even just like, I mean, I've seen your progression. I skated with you when you were playing Junior B in, in Manitoba. To go from Junior B in Manitoba three years, three, four, five years ago, when, when, did, when was the last time you played? Five years? Was it five years? In junior B, it would have been 2018. But, I mean, that's a huge jump, man. For you to make that jump, now all of a sudden you're playing in the Fed, you just got your first win. That's a big jump, man. But, you know what? You put the effort in. You put the work in. And that's really all that comes down to it. All the different work that you're putting in with your goalie coaches and your off-ice training. You know, the details that you're putting into your game and a lot of it for your YouTube channel. You know what I mean? To show people what it takes to get to that next level. You've created that opportunity for yourself by improving your game and by improving yourself as a player off the ice, on the ice. You know, doing what it takes to make yourself better. To get yourself ready. Like you said, three years ago, you got you got lit up and the fed. And now you're out there. At, at camp. I didn't even wins. make games. Just training camp. And these guys were running my show. Granted... I wasn't prepared, and I showed up with a knee injury, and that's my own fault for doing that. But like, fast forward three years, I showed up prepared, I showed up on time, I showed up ready, yeah. I did everything I could to make sure that I've been successful, and, and I thought I had a great training camp. I thought I've, I've been good in practice so far up to this this point in time. Made the best of the situation against the defending champs, going in cold after a line brawl, and I was pretty happy with it. We got the win, and, and wins are what matters. I think if you ask most coaches, you want a guy with a 930 save percentage or wins? Yeah, you want a guy with a 930 save percentage. But if you're not winning games, who cares? Win, nah, win wins. Wins are the only thing that matters in this game, especially when they're paying me for wins. They don't pay me for saves. They pay me to win games. Yeah. And honestly, man, a lot of it has to do with, like, for me as a player, too, uh, I never knew what my goalie's save percentage was. I didn't really look at it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you, certain goalies bring out the best in their teams. I don't know why it is. And maybe I think it's an energy thing. And you have that energy where, you know, I was in the locker room with you this weekend. The boys love you, man. I saw it. All the boys really appreciate what you're doing for the league and especially for the team. You got the cameras in there. You're featuring guys. You're showcasing these guys. And they're not getting any love from anywhere else. And you're putting them out there to the world. And you're getting, you know, massive, you know, your massive YouTube audience. And I saw it firsthand. These guys are coming up to you. Hey, man, thanks a lot. Oh, did you drop a video? Like, I saw myself in the last video. Everybody's excited. And so, like, yeah, you might not have the 930 save percentage. But the energy that those boys are going to have for you to play for you is is an intangible. You know what I mean? It's something that bring value. So like, for example, you know, you got your first win the other day. You know what I mean? Like the I'm sure those guys were just as excited for you to see you get that win. And you saw it in the video, the hugs, you know, after the game in the locker room, everybody's excited for you and and there's an energy there. There's something really important I think for goaltenders especially to like bring a good energy to make the team want to play for you. Like I can remember playing for goalies like some goalies I would die for. I'd block shots for, I'd fight for, you know what I mean? I'd do anything for. If you know, if anybody snowed him in the face, that'd be it. Fight, you know what I mean. Other goalies, like I've had goalies where I hated the goalie. You know what I mean? Like I've had goalie. I had one goalie. I don't want to say his name, but like I told him in the middle of the game, I'm like, he would always like chirp me about everything. Like he was always on. He's always like saying stuff to me. And I was the kind of player like like that. Like if you snowed my goalie, I was dropping the gloves and fighting. I was like defending my goalie. My goalies love me. All of a sudden, this goalie comes in and he's like chirping me and he's like always criticizing my game. Is it who I think it is? I don't know if you know. I don't want to say. And then, so one day in the in the middle of the game, he said something to me. I forget. Oh no, it was, I took a penalty. I took a lot of penalties. You know, it was part of part of my game. I cross checked the guy in front of the net. I got a penalty, and he said, "You stupid, whatever. You're an idiot." And I turned around in the middle of the. I, I, I don't know how many people? We had a home game. We had a pretty good crowd. And I turned around and I was like, "If you say another word to me, and I will beat the shit out of you in front of the entire audience near in front of the entire crowd, our home fans. Don't say another word to me." For the rest of the season. And that was it. Like, he didn't say anything after that. I threatened him in the middle of the game. And, I was, and then I went to the box, whatever. But but the point is, is that, like, having a goalie that you want to play for will make your whole team. It will lift up your team. So, I think there's something to that. And I think there's something important. Like, you, your coach said, it's all about the win. You got the W, and that's what matters. Yeah, I walked in the office, you know, I guess last week. I asked him for some constructive feedback. Because in all fairness, it wasn't my best game. You know, I'm I'm cold. I haven't you know faced a shot in about an hour and a bit after warmups to the point when I went in, and I'm like I'm looking for any constructive feedback. And I said, Coach, what constructive feedback do you have? And he says, You got the win. I like wins, and that was that was the end of the conversation. So, Coach is simple. You win, and he's happy, which is great. Yeah. But I think too, like just like the amount of guys that like after I won the game or from around the league that reached out like, Hey, congrats! Like I'm not going to mention names, obviously, but to the the guys that did reach out, it was very nice and it was very appreciated. That I think they they realized like that. I'm trying to help the league. I'm trying to, to do the league good, not do them dirty like you know, most of the, the hockey media out there is. Because like, the thing that people don't understand is like how good the guys, like the players here are. And you just alluded to it that these guys can play in the SP. They can hop up to the coast. Some of them can. So maybe some not, maybe not, but some definitely can. And like, yeah. like look at the resume of these guys. Guys were studs at uh, ACHA Division One. NCAA D3. You don't go to NCAA D3 because you suck. You're a good junior player. We even got, I think we have like two or three guys in the lineup who you know, play D1 at some point. I could be, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. But we had like, there are some seriously talented guys in the league, like even D1 goalies in, in the league the past couple of years. So like the Fed is not something to laugh at. It's not something to sneeze at. And the people, this really pisses me off. The people that are using me as the measuring stick to justify how much the Fed sucks. Like, oh, if Trav plays there, anybody could play there. You have no idea how good the players are. Like half the guys tripping in the Fed, 
you would show up to practice and within 20 minutes you'd snap your ankle and I saw some guy on a podcast we're not going to say who but he's talking about oh I could snap it around I'd come I'd snap it around the boys you would snap your ankles that's the only thing you would do you wouldn't do anything yeah, we would yeah. not sign you we would not give you 125 a week and you would not get any per diem on the road which I pocketed last week because I didn't spend it I made 10 bucks there you go man it's great that's what's up dude what was the per diem what'd they give you for the 10 bucks a day 10 bucks a day 10 bucks a day yeah you get yourself a little uh, 5 dollar foot long and a bag of chips I was, I was stoked because we were at the hotel we were staying at the Ramada and uh, soggy subs <laughs> I was told not to comment on the team meals can't comment on it you, uh, you can that was me that was me you can I, I can. I'm just reminiscing from when I played man I remember those uh, you know you get the per diem you stop at Subway you get a foot long and a 6 inch for the road trips for your 12 hour bus ride I remember those days well I was told uh, team meals and the bus uh, experiences Cannot talk about those. The rest is, is open to interpretations. But uh, we had a meal when we, uh, like after morning skate, we had dinner. And the next day, uh, the hotel had complimentary breakfast. I crushed a whole plate of like scrambled eggs. I think they were like powdered scrambled eggs at the hotel. Pre-game meal. And then we had pizza after the game. So I was fed the whole weekend by the team, which is great. I think we take care of our guys more than anybody else in the league, from what I've heard. I haven't obviously played with all 10 teams in the league. But I was able to pocket my 10 bucks and not to spend it because we were just so... Well taken care of. Like one of the, the ownership group, or one of the ownership guys called me into the office today. I was asking for some feedback. He's like, what do you think we could do differently? And I was like, honestly, put logos in the team bags. And he's like, well, is that all you have? I'm like, we literally take such good care of guys here. The only thing that I can pick at is that we don't have Motor City Rocker logos on our Warrior bags. That's the only thing I can think of. So like, we get absolutely taken care of here. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Just little things like that, like you said, like having the team logo and like uh, makes you feel like just makes you feel a little different when you're traveling with the team. Well, I think, too, it's the fact that the team put in a couple extra bucks to get the logos done up or get the guys taken care of, and you know they care about me. Like, like I'm not just another asset. In, in all reality, we are assets. That's you know, Yeah, you're meat on the hook, bro. It's, it's the business of pro hockey, and you know it, I know it, it's how it is. But the fact that they don't totally skip right to the chase and just try to get to the asset side to try to make you taken, be taken care of is great. Like, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell the story. I'm going to tell it anyway. But uh, in training camp, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, we had like 30 rolls of tape go missing like that. Obviously, we, we released a bunch of guys. And, you know, the powers that be come in the room and like, hey, please don't take 30 rolls of tape. But if somebody does, we're not going to penny pinch on you. So that was great. that They're not penny pinch and they want to take care of us. Yeah. So. Oh, so you're saying that the guys uh, that, that, that got... They got released. They grabbed a couple rolls on the way out the door. Oh, come on, you you know it just as much as me. When guys get released, especially when you're making 125 a week, if it is not nailed down, yeah, that's tough, man. You got to make sure. Like so one of the guys, we released a bunch of guys. One of my exercise bands went missing. One of my nice, like skinny exercise bands for like uh, for my hips, for like my hip thrusters, yeah. gone. Haven't seen it since. Goalie coach Bill lost one of his hats the other day. I'm like. If it's not nailed down, they will take it. I take my valuables to and from the rink every day. Never leave them at the rink. Well, I'll be honest with you. I never had any – I didn't have anything go missing when I was there this week. And I had, like, all my stuff, like, just scattered out when I – you know, because when we're doing a demo in the locker room, I had, like – I'm working with one guy. I'm opening packages. I'm putting grips on. I got all the grips laid out. And all my bags are there, like, my skates, my sticks, like, all my stuff. And I didn't have any – you know, I, I didn't have any issues with anything like that. So kudos to the boys for uh, – you know, not robbing me <laughs> while we were there, but uh, yeah, man, I hear oh, you. Your wallet's gone. Everything's yeah, gone. just an empty backpack. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm in the Fed right now, and I got my. I'm like, where's my wallet? Where's my jacket? <laughs> where's my phone? My shoes are gone. Yeah, they only took his left shoe. Oh uh, no, left them with the right shoe. <laughs> uh, it was all good. Man. Everything was uh, everything was tip top for me. Yeah, it's awesome. But speaking of tip top, you got to keep the boys in check on date night, which is why the amazing tip at Manscape are our next 
presenting sponsor, Lawnmower 4, Skin Safe Technology. Thank you very much. Here's the thing. When it comes to date night, nobody wants a bush. I was told the other day not to uh, single people out that fall into a certain demographic. Let's be honest. Let's call it for what it is. If you show up with a huge bush, nobody will make love to you anytime soon. It's the reality, which is why the Manscaped Lawnmower is perfect with Skin Safe Technology. Now, if you look here in the video version, folks, I'm going to show you. If you're on the Apple or Spotify version in the car, I'm going to describe it to you in depth. Now, here's the deal. Lawnmower 4 goes right down to the skin. You want to use it as a beard trimmer? I do it. I taper up my neckline every single week. I taper up my, uh, I do a number one to a two. Usually do a three. I was told the other day that uh, I got to get rid of the chin. The chin was getting a little bit too long by my woman, so I did. I, uh, I listened. You but you can use it for that. I got one for neck north. Never eat Saudi wieners. I got one for neck north. And I got one for neck south. So then you want to trim the chest. You want to trim the stomach. You want to trim, you know, the crotch area. You can do that. And the folks at Manscaped will help you with that. And when you go to manscaped.com, you can use the promo code BISCUIT, B-I-Z-K-I-T. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping. Rob Lalone will go down to the San Diego Manscaped factory and ship your order out with a smile on his face and a slap on the ass when you go to manscaped.com and pick up the lawnmower 4.0. There you go. It's true. I will. <laughs> and he will not show up for date night with a bush. No. I definitely will not. <laughs> Rob has a woman. I have a woman. Very happy. And everybody's uh, not showing up for a bush. Although, I haven't had anybody to uh, to account for for the last month. So, I got uh, to taper myself after this episode. Oh, that's good. Now you got your girl telling you what's what. Telling you, hey, man, you're, you know, you're, your beard's getting a little long. You're starting to get a little grizzled out there. She's going to keep you uh, tightened up, man. Actually, here's a good story for you. And, and I have, honest to God, Rob. I, I tell all the boys in the locker room that they give me a hard time about it. But the deal is I have the most beautiful girl in the world. No offense. Sorry to your girl. I have the most beautiful girl. I have the best girl in the world. She says to me the other day, I'm in the hotel in Watertown. And she says, your chin is getting really long. Because I had like the Leonidas from 300 look where, you know, just kind of tapers like a triangle, yeah, like, yeah. like a V. She says, getting too long. You got to get it's rid of it. It's kind of a dope look. I thought it was great. because Leonidas from 300. I mean, that's. I like it because it accentuates the jawline. So you have a great natural jawline. I don't. So I like the the V, and I think that's a great tip is, you know, grow the V. Don't make yourself look like you got chubby cheeks, kind of like I do right now. My girl says, it's getting a little bit too long. And I said, oh, I like it. She says, well, I'm going to threaten certain privileges, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, 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 if you don't uh, take care of that. And I said, okay, what do you want? She's like, well, I want you to just knock it down a little bit. So I on FaceTime, I had the phone in the bathroom. I knock it down one. No, nope, more. Knock it down two. More. Three. Do it again. I knock it down a fourth one. She says... A little bit too short. Okay, so you found your happy medium. So I'm like, I, I asked you I, every time I did it. I said, "Are you sure?" Because once I knock it down, you're gonna have to wait like a week, maybe two weeks for it to go back. And she says, "No, just go along with it." And she says, "You look like a baby. You look so young. You knocked it down too much." I said, "Well, this is what you get." And she says, "Don't you go tapering it anymore?" Uh, I tapered it the next morning again, and she was not happy about it. But it was thanks to the folks at Manscaped.com that I was able to please my moment only for a brief moment in time. Yeah, there we go, man. Get, the, get back to the Leonidas look. Yeah, it's coming. One, one thing I did want to talk about, though, is your two goals playing NCAA D1. We talked about oh, it in yeah. previous episodes. I know you get annoyed when I try I, to well, intro you. I, just, I get, like, everybody always, like, I mean, I guess it's a reputation of mine is that, like, I was a fighter. But, like, I wasn't really a fighter. I was a college hockey player. I was a tough defenseman. Like you said, tough as nails. Defenseman. A nail gun. Nail gun. Eats pucks. <laughs> Like, I was tough, you know? I played physical, but I get this reputation now as, like, almost like a goon, I guess, because I had a lot of fights. Not a lot of fights, but, like, a pretty good amount of fights in my pro career. Uh, but I was also, like, I, you know, like an offensive defenseman, you know? Like, I had a little bit of uh, yeah, I brought a little offense to the table. I was a power play player, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's cool, man. What do you want? Yeah, I scored a few goals back in the day. I want to know about the two heat-seeking piss missiles against BU with Ryan Whitney in the lineup in a 2-1 Saturday night win. 
Uh, it was it was actually 3-1. I thought it was 2-1. I told you 2-1, but I looked it up today. It was a 3-1 win. I had the game winner and the third goal and the third uh, insurance goal. Uh, it was sick, man. It was a Saturday no, night. Hold on, hold on. You played Division One at Merrimack College, correct? Yeah, Division One, Merrimack College, Hockey East. Uh, it was we had a couple good years there, a couple not so good years, but it was a great time. I loved playing. I, it was always a dream of mine to play Hockey East. I always wanted to play Division One. I. I used to go back when I was a kid. I went to BU Hockey Camp. Uh, I followed Brooks Orpic growing up. He was a guy I grew up with. Him, his mother and my mother are really good friends, and uh, he was somebody I always looked up to. He ended up, he went he went to BC, played for Boston College, and I was always like, I want to play in Hockey East. I got an offer to play at Merrimack out of junior, took the offer, played there. And one of one of the highlights of my college career, well, playing in Hockey East, you know, I played at Merrimack, but playing in Hockey East, you play against some really, you know, good up-and-coming players. You know, you play against guys that play World Junior. You play against guys that are first-round draft picks, like the aforementioned Ryan Whitney, who at the time, he was younger than I was. He's, I think he's two years younger than I am. And uh, so he, I was in the league, I think, one or two years. And everybody knew, oh, Ryan Whitney, first-round pick, you know, top 10. He's going to Boston University. So all the, top you know, five, I think, too. Top five picks. He was, was, was he top, top five? I'm positive he was top five. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, he was a well-known guy. And everybody knew who Ryan Whitney was. So, obviously, you know, coming into the league, I know, you know, BU's got these star players. But it was a Saturday night home game against BU. So, obviously, the energy's there. And, uh, yeah, man, it was awesome. We were, you know, battling it out. We were 1-1, and uh, I, I scored the go-ahead goal, a 4-on-4. Uh, wrist shot from the blue line. Uh, puck just came out to me, and I put a nice, hard, low wrist shot on net that beat the goalie for a goal. And then uh, I scored another goal. I can't remember exactly how, but it was another one, a shot from the point. Found its found its way in the net, and uh, it was a great experience. And it's fun now to see those guys, like guys like Ryan Whitney, and you know, I also played against Bissonette back in the day too. And to see those guys who they are, like with spit and shakles and everything, it's kind of cool. But having those memories is fun, man. Like back in the day, and uh, yeah, scored two goals on a Saturday night. I remember getting interviewed after the game by the paper, and just you know, it was like celebrity time on campus. We had big parties that night, and I was like the hero, game winning goal against Boston University. Two. Yeah. I mean, two Genos. It was uh, it was an exciting time, man. It was fun. Oh, snapped it in from the point. Yeah, snapped her in. You know, and that's such a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? When you see that puck, and you kind of just like when you first shoot it, and you kind of know it's going in the right spot, and you kind of see it has eyes and finds a net, and you're just like, you got, you know, you know. I mean, that's a fun. That's a really good experience. On the reverse end, as a goaltender, when when you see the release and you hear the release, and you don't hear it hit you, and you just hear like, a, yeah. it's like, oh no, and it's behind you. It's like, oh. Damn it, not again. Yeah, that was so that was definitely uh, a highlight for me for sure. Uh, you know, beating a team that I, you know, grew up idolizing. Like I said, I went to BU hockey camp for a couple seasons in the, in the summer, which was a great it was fun times. Always was kind of a, a dream school of mine and then to to, to go there and like, beat them and and you know, score some goals, it was awesome. Yeah. One other thing that we talk about all the time that I don't think you've talked about on the podcast yet with me is almost fighting Paul Bissonnette. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, so yeah, Bissonnette back in the day when uh, when he was... So he was another guy. He played in the same division as I did. He was on. He played for the Wheeling Nailers. I was playing in Reading for the Reading Royals, and they, we were division rivals, so we played Wheeling all the time. And uh, it was like early in my career, I figured... Like, I played hard-nosed, man. Like, I played... I, one of the skills that I had as a player was I got like, really good at, like, getting guys with their head down and, and delivering open ice hits like I used to crush dudes coming across the middle and in junior it was easier and every single level you get to becomes progressively harder because guys become smarter 
and it's just harder and harder to do it. But even in college, I still had like, you know, every couple games, I would just light somebody up. You know, they'd come across the middle. My D partner and I, like, back, shout out to my boy Tony Johnson. He used to play at Merrimack with me. He was my D partner. He used to just like always, we had a, we had a system where anytime a guy was coming in one-on-one or like a one-on-two or two-on-two, Tony would go to the outside, force him to the middle, and I would come, I had already timed it. I would come flying through the middle and just like, just yard sale guys and light them up. And so, anyways, fast forward to get to pro hockey. So, this is why I ended up becoming a fighter, essentially, is because, A, I wanted to be the guy that, like, I figured, you know, you hear about guys that get called up. They'll do anything. They'll fight for the team. Anything you can do to get to that next level. So, I was like, you know, I'll do anything to get to the next level. I'll, you know, hit, fight, block shots, whatever I got to do. So, I get to, you know, I come out of college. I get to the pro level. And in the pro level, as you know, as you see, whatever, you, you throw a big open ice hit. You crush one of their star players. You're going to have to answer to it. So we're in the coast, beasting that place for wheeling, and uh, you know I'm I'm running around and I'm crushing guys and I'm just you know doing my playing my game, slashing, cross checking, being tough to play against. And uh, I remember Beastinet came up to me and I had already fought one of his teammates, Grant McNeil, I think earlier in the season, who was one of, he was also a tough dude. Um, and I remember I don't remember how it happened, but he asked me he's like, hey, let's go, we're gonna go tonight. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And the game sort of was lopsided, and I think they were winning by like three or four goals at the time. I go onto the ice, and I'm like, "All right, man, let's go!" And I'm on a, I'm, I'm ready to fight Bisonette. And I remember being nervous, man, because Bisonette was no joke. Like he was a tough dude, man. Bisonette handled guys in the coast. In fact, I was on the ice. He beat one of my. He beat up one of my good buddies. Uh, this guy James Hebert, who was an absolute beauty. He might have came out of the what was it? Not the UHL. What was the team? Maybe, maybe might have been the Fed. No, one of the pro teams. He played for Laredo. There's a, there's a pro team down in Laredo that was kind of legendary. Hebert was down there. This guy's awesome. He's from northern uh, northern Canada, like way up in the in the middle of nowhere. But he was like a like an offensive player, but also would fight anybody, but not that big. I remember he fought Bisonette in wheeling. Bisonette dummied him. Bisonette comes out in next. We had like a home and home on Saturday night in Reading. I'm on the ice for warmups. Paul Bisonette comes skating out with a championship like belt over his shoulder WWE style I think he got kicked out of the game and suspended for it but it was just like beauty status anyways so we I go out on the ice I'm like all right man I'm like nervous about this I'm like oh man I'm fighting beast and that like this is gonna get this is gonna I hope I bring my a game here and get not get dummied and I'm like all right man let's go and I'm like I'm ready to do it I got mustered the courage and he's like oh my coach said I can't fight you because we're up like two four we're up like four goals or something like that and so I'm like oh man like you know I didn't know at the time you know, whatever. But now all of a sudden he's biz nasty, you know, years later. And I'm like, I wish I had that fight on my card. And that video. And the video, obviously. Yeah, that'd be great if I could win the fight. You know what I mean? And this but, podcast might take off on Yeah, there you yeah. go, man. That's That would be the key. But anyways, that was a funny story. Uh, just, uh, you know, one of those things. Never got, never, I never did actually fight him. But uh, it was cool to, you know, play against him. And well, almost had it. I think even now, like even though I'm, I'm still playing in the game, I look back at like some of the memories I've made like over... You know, junior, even college, where like, like my one year of college hockey, VIU was like the worst year of hockey, and just like generally speaking, like my life of just like not being happy. There's still like lots of memories I look back on from those times where I'm like, it's really awesome. And I like to think like post retirement when like I'm I'm generally done hockey because that day is coming. Despite you know the people on the internet think I'm gonna play till I'm 45 or maybe even like 80, it's gonna end one day. And those memories are like so good to just like look back on and just think, oh, that, those were good times. We should kind of like relive them, although. I'm still making more memories like every single day. Dude, and you're in such a cool spot where you're documenting and you're making videos for your vlog and like that's that's kind of legendary, man. Like I would love to have like have a whole series of my career. It'd be cool. And you're doing it, man. You're filming everything and 
you're going to be able to have these memories and, and not only that, but you're, you have a show, you have like people that are interested, like I'm interested in like every week checking out your vlog, like your vlog and seeing what you're up to and what you're doing with your team. And, um, but yeah, man, you know, it's, uh, it's, we're lucky to play hockey. We're lucky to, you, you know, every day you get a chance to play, you're lucky because it's going to end. You're right. You're not going to play forever. And, uh, a lot of times, you know, hockey players don't decide when their career ends, you know, everybody kind of thinks that they can decide when they're going to be done. But most of the time, you know, it's kind of forced upon you, thrust upon you where it's like, nope, you're done. You know, it's over. Uh, you know, you never really get to go out on your own terms. It kind of, it just, uh, like for me, same thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I didn't plan on stopping when I did, but I got hurt. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm, I'm not a player anymore. You know, the, the career's over and it's all going to, you know, it's eventually it's going to be same thing for you and all the hockey players out there. So that's why it's important every day to like, you know, really enjoy what you're doing and, and value the time. Cause it's not everybody gets to do this for, especially for a living, like yeah. what you're doing. I like to think in, in my biased opinion, like YouTube has changed the game for me in the sense of like, I wouldn't be able to play hockey. I wouldn't be playing today. If YouTube didn't exist. If you, if there was no YouTube where I was making a couple extra bucks all those years ago, even before we, you and I met, like I would have had to quit junior hockey probably around like 19 because I, I didn't have enough money to like pay for gas, like going you know, to and from my team. And I, I would have had to keep working full time. But the extra YouTube money made that possible. And then it got to the point where I'd saved up a, a couple bucks where I could move to, you know, Vancouver Island to play college hockey. I, I was lucky enough where I got all my schooling and everything paid for through, you know, through a scholarship. And like now we're like, there's still money coming in. And I can kind of like, I was talking to like one of our, our management the other day about like how, like, it's nice getting my 125 a week, but like I cannot like put pressure on myself. Like I need to play this week. I need 125, or like 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 I can, I can just stick to the process and like let things happen, and you know kind of bring bring things back. Like next year or like wherever it is moving forward, I think there will be an opportunity. Like whether it's in the Fed or in the Norway two or in Sweden Division two, there's going to be an opportunity because like the YouTube vlog gets me out to people, and I think it it really will help. But I think back to what you talked about, like making memories, like documenting stuff. Like, I feel like since I turned 25, this kind of, like, has kind of, like, flipped for me. Of, like, the thought of, like, this is going to sound, like, really, like, cringy maybe to some people, but, like, the thought of, like, being a dad one day. And, like, like I'm going to have a kid one day eventually. And, like, I can be like, hey, son, watch this. And here's a video from, like, 20 years ago. This is your old man getting his first pay pro hockey paycheck. Yeah, this right here is goalie coach Bill. This was the fellas. This was this. This was that. And I can bring him or her into the moment. And share that with them all these years later, the same way, like right now, like whenever I post a video, I send it to my mom, and my dad, and I bring them into the moment. And then in the future, I can bring, you know, my kid into the moment or whatever it is all these years down the road, assuming YouTube doesn't take me off the platform or delete all my videos. But uh, that is, that is one thing, you know, Victoria and I've been talking about recently is, is that. Is, is being able to like, what, share your future memories in the future? Like- well, not necessarily sharing the future memories, but like hockey will come to an end, realistically speaking, sooner than I would like. Because I can't play forever, and uh, health mixed with opportunity, mixed with everything, kind of is going to influence that. Now, obviously, you know a lot more than what I want to you know, share on the podcast. But like, it's going to come one day. And what's next? Well, like, I I would hate the idea of being some guy who played into his late thirties, early forties. You you have money saved up. You have all this these things you've accomplished, great, but you have nobody to share it with. Like the idea of like like you're single, you have no kids, nobody cares about you, like like. I, I don't want to have that happen. Like I want, you know, somebody that I, I can share all that with and like a future after hockey. So like we just been talking a little bit about that and kind of like, you know, you know, doing like nice little trips this summer, like her and I and 
all this kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm happy for you, man. I think it's great. You got your girl and you got your, you got your career, man. You're playing pro and you got your YouTube. You lit me up at Starbucks the other day. We're, we're having a conversation at Starbucks and you're like, what time is it? I showed you the time and you saw my screensaver, me and Victoria. And you're like, oh, he's got a girl. And I was like, oh, wow. My. Yeah. Traff fell hard. Eh? Yeah. No, that's good, man. I'm happy for you. I think it's great. I think all the things you just said are really important. And, uh, like you're, you're going to have that. You're going to be able to like you're you know you're if you have a kid you're going to be able to show your kid your your whole career you know and like you said you're right man if you didn't have your youtube channel you know grinding it out in the fed it probably wouldn't be happening for you right now people would not believe half the stuff that, that i've told so far like this season that's happened in the fed but the fact that there's video evidence it's like you can't deny the fact that it happened look this is the evidence yeah. right this is the the fed events fed evidence yeah. yeah, and I have privilege. I got to see the future video. That's probably you. Got, well, it's going to drop when this podcast drops, but I got to see the video, and I'm and you know next week's video is exciting. And you've just got it to a spot where you're doing such cool things that you're able to just document them and put them out in such a cool package for people to consume. And that's why you've got so many people on board following what you're doing. So yeah, without YouTube and like for me too, it's like I'm I'm also in a really generous spot where I'm excited that I get to be a part of hockey where. If it wasn't for butt ends grips, I wouldn't be in hockey. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have a friendship with them. No, I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't be doing this right now. All of this is because of, you know, the, the things that I'm, you know, because of butt ends, because I'm doing something in the game and I stayed with it and it's given me an opportunity to stay in hockey so much longer than I would have had the opportunity to elsewhere, elsewise. So, yeah, couldn't be more grateful for that. That's awesome. Well, I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful to have you on this podcast. I know that, you know, Dave has kind of taken a more full-time role since the podcast is rebooted and... You're kind of the part-time guy, but it's awesome to have yeah, you. Yeah, happy to jump in and hang out anytime you want, man. It's always fun to kick it. Man, Dave, Dave is the man. Dave will be back next week on the podcast. Just a friendly reminder to everybody that if you are on the Apple or Spotify version, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think because it really helps the podcast get out there. If you're on the YouTube video version, there's an actual algorithm behind that. So if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit a like button, hit the like button. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast. The podcast has been nuts. We've been averaging six to 10,000 listens an episode every single episode since the podcast yeah, crazy. it's insane i was talking to wheeler about this the other day i was like how uh, incredible so to everybody who's listening and supporting thank you so much thank you to sheath for being the presenting sponsor the only sponsor that would come back on board when the podcast rebooted rebooted promo code biscuit 69 if you want to pick up some awesome sheath i know my friend rob lalone hopefully this is not the last time i'll see you anytime soon i know wheels is more the full-time guy but hopefully we'll have you on sometime soon maybe you'll come see me in uh, vancouver with uh, victoria this spring in yeah dude let's go let's get back in man come on down let's hop on the ferry and let's have a let's have a good time in vancouver you've never been to vancouver so i'm looking oh, forward never. to showing you that but anyway new episode of the podcast every sunday at 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m in winnipeg 9 a.m in calgary 8 a.m on the west coast in san francisco vancouver four in sweden three in the uk five in finland and 11 p.m in australia and china we'll see you then